Hey, Drunk Mythology friends. I'm Kate. And I'm the other Jen. And I'm Kim. I'm getting used to this. Right? And I like it here. The- Drunk Dracula gals. Drunk Dracula gals. Ooh, you two almost were insane. Nah. <laughs> Never. <laughs> It'll lull you into a false sense of security. <laughs> That's right. Now you got two Slytherins conspiring against you. So oh, this, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. This <gasps> is, I'm not a Slytherin. Leave me out of that. What? Leave me out of it. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Totally so are. what are you? GDI. Just like when I was in college. <laughs> what? Goddamn independent. <laughs> got it All and that fits that fits absolutely mm-hmm. so this, right, let's, let's move on yeah, yeah this is chapter six of Bram Stoker's Dracula celebrating the month of drunk Dracula gals also called October now also called drunk Drunktober Drunktober and I would like to interject on the day that we're recording this it is national vodka day yay oh, so these are a few I, of my favorite things yes. I probably shouldn't be drinking whiskey <laughs> I am finishing off a bottle of Belvedere that nice. the OG sent to me. Oh, yeah, from Bistritz? No, I don't <laughs> think it came from Bistritz. <laughs> yes, from Bistritz. <laughs> anyway, okay, Dracula. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Dracula is public domain, so we can read it word for word. Which, you know, we're really interjecting all kinds of Word for word has been left on the curb and driven away from. (laughs) It's rocking gently by itself. Right next to the van with the intellectual property lawyers hiding out listening to us. We love you. If you want to sponsor us. um, Yeah, so I know I most spoke yesterday about what a lancet is. It's not a syringe. It's a goddamn knife. So maybe if y'all know any good malpractice lawyers. No, we're knife makers. There (laughs) There we go. go. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, here we go. Back to England. Woo-hoo. You know what time it is. Recap. It's a recap. <laughs> and it's a recap for chapter five. So in in chapter five, we meet Min- Mina Murray, who is all about a career and being helpful. And apparently her idea of a hot night in with her hubby involves taking dictation and shorthand. Good luck mm. with that. She gets a really long, annoying letter from her BFF, Lucy Westernra, and whatever people, we don't do British accents, so just deal with it. And frankly, other Jen's interpretation of Lucy as a Southern Baptist mean girl is the stuff of nightmares. It's so good. So anyway, good. Lucy is a Mary Sue from hell who quote unquote thinks dresses are a bore and stares at herself in the mirror to see if she has an interesting face. She doesn't. Dr. Seward is Spoiler. just sit- <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Seward is just saying that to get into her pants. She gets three proposals in one day and is like, don't tell the other girls. They'll be so jealous. No, Lucy, they just want to punch you a little more than normal. We get a diary entry from Dr. Seward, who is into drugs and knife play, a letter from Quincy Morris, who has got a purdy, purdy mouth, and a telegram for, <laughs> from Arthur Homewood that actually spends money on the word tingle. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Nina Murray's journal, 24 July, would be. Now, before I read this, I would like to apologize in advance because this is just a description of the landscape. And uh, <clears throat> let's say Stoker could have used an editor. But oh, moving on. Yes. But you know what? We got our Long Island Nina Murray. Right. Oh, right. Right. We're going to give it a try. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Lucy met me at the station looking sweeter and lovelier than ever. And we drove up to the house at the Crescent in which they have rooms. This 
is a lovely place. The little river, the Esk, <laughs> runs through the deep valley, which broadens out as it comes near the harbor. A great viaduct runs across with high piers through which the views seem somehow further away than it really is. <laughs> you are right. This is so spot on. <laughs> The valley is beautifully green. It is so steep that when you're on the high land on either side, you look right across it, unless you're near enough to see down. The houses of the old town, the, the side away from us, are all red-roofed and seem piled up one another, one another anyhow, like the pictures we see of Nuremberg. Right over the town is the ruin of Whitby Abbey, which was sacked by the Danes and which is seen in part of Marmion, where the girl was built up in the wall. I guess he's referring to a book that was popular at the time or a play that was popular at the time. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Moving on. Yeah. It's a most noble ruin of immense size and full of beautiful and romantic bits. There's a legend that a white lady is seen in one of the windows. Frankly, in this town, if it wasn't a white lady, I would be surprised. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Between it and the town, there's another church, the parish one, round which is a big graveyard, all full of tombstones. This is, to my mind, the nicest... (laughs) Shocker. Shocker. This is, to my mind, the nicest spot in Whitby, for it lies right over the town. It has a full view of the harbor and all up to the bay, <laughs> which the headlands called the Kettleness stretches out into the sea. It descends so steeply over the harbor that part of the bay has fallen away, and some of the graves have been destroyed. In one place, part of the stonework of the graves stretches out over the sandy pathway far below. There are walks with seats beside them. Through the churchyard, and people go and sit there all day long, looking at the beautiful view and enjoying the breeze. I shall come and sit here very often myself <laughs> and work. Indeed, I am writing now with my book on my knee and listening to the talk of three old men who are sitting beside me. They seem to do nothing all day but sit up here and talk. <laughs> oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Hang on for a second. I gotta take We never oh, knew yes. that we never needed. <laughs> this is. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, we just need clips of Kim saying the word hava. <laughs> well, I get to do it like 8,000 more times. So right? The hava lies below me with, on the far side, one long granite wall stretching out into the sea with a curve outwards at the end of it, in the middle of which is a lighthouse. A heavy seawall runs alongside of it. On the near side, the seawall makes an elbow, crookedly inverse, and its end, too, has a lighthouse. So that's two lighthouses. <laughs> two lighthouses. <laughs> Between the two piers, there's a narrow opening into the harbor, <laughs> which then suddenly widens. <laughs> It's nice at high water, but when the tide is out, the shoals away to nothing, and there's merely the stream of the Esk running between banks of sand with rocks here and there. Outside, outside the harbor, on the side, there rises for about a half a mile a great reef, the sharp edge of which runs straight out from beyond the south lighthouse. At the end of it is a buoy with a bell, which swings in bad weather and sends out a mournful sound on the wind. They have a legend here that when a ship is lost, bells are heard out at sea. I must ask the old man about this. He's coming this way. He's a funny old man. He must be awfully old, for his face is all gnarled and twisted like the bark of a tree. He tells me that he's nearly a hundred, and he was a sailor in the Greenland fishing fleet when Waterloo was fought. He is, I'm afraid, a very skeptical person, for when I asked him about the bells at sea and the white lady at the abbey, he said very briskly, Take it away, Kate. I wouldn't myself about them, miss. Them things the old wore out. Mind, I don't say that they never was, but I do say that they wasn't in my time. 
They be all very well for comers and trippers and the like, but not for a nice young lady like you. Them feet folks from York and Leeds and always be eating carried herons and drinking tea and looking out to buy cheap jet would creed art. I would myself, who'd be bothering telling lies to them in the newspapers, which are full, full talk. Okay, oh, what is buying news. cheap jet? Jet jewelry, I guess. Uh, jet Black jewelry stone. or is jet a... Yeah, it must be jet jewelry. A, a stone. Yeah. Oh. A black stone. Oh, they must, okay. they must They must mine it up there. I thought he would be a good person to learn interesting <laughs> things from, so I asked him if he wouldn't mind telling me something about whale fishing in the old days. He was just settling himself to begin when the clock struck six, whereupon he labored to get up and said, I must gang again where it's home now, miss. My granddaughter doesn't like to be kept waiting when the tea is ready, for it takes me time to crammel a boon the grays. Oh my God. <laughs> For there be many of them. And miss, I lack belly timber sourly by the clock. What the hell? Well, if, if you're missing the belly timbers, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> what the hell is belly timber? <laughs> and te- uh, let's say it's intestinal fortitude. That's what, what I think. What is a boon the grease? What? Yeah. Well, I, um, that is your homework assignment, Kate. Figure that out. <laughs> I don't All right. know. Mina, Mina continues. <laughs> He hobbled away and I could see him hurrying as well as he could down the steps. The strips are a great feature on the place. They lead from the town up to the church. There are hundreds of them. I don't know how many. And they wind up in a delicate curve. The slope is so gentle. A horse could easily walk up and down them. I think they must originally have had something to do with the abbey. I shall go home too. Lucy went out visiting with her mother. And as they were only duty calls, I did not go. Because that's duty bullshit. Calls. I don't, uh, you said duty calls. <laughs> they will be home by this. One Ooh. August. I came up here an hour ago with Lucy, and we had a most interesting talk with my old friend and the two others who always come and join him. He is evidently the Sir Oracle of them, and I should think he must have been in his time a most dictatorial person. He will not admit anything and downfaces everybody. If he can't out-argue them, he bullies them and then takes their silence for agreement with his views. Lucy was looking sweetly pretty in her white lawn frock. She's got a beautiful color since she's been coming here. I noticed the old men did not lose any time in coming up and sitting near her when we sat down. Creepy. She is, so- <laughs> she is so sweet with old people. I think they all fell in love with her on the spot. Even my old man succumbed and did not contradict her, but gave me double share, gave, but gave me double share instead. I got him on the subject of the legends, and he went off at once in sort of a sermon. I must try to remember it and put it down. <laughs> It be all fool talk, lock, stock, and barrel. That would it be, and not note else. These buns and wafts and bogusts and bargusts and boggles and all anentum is only fit to set barns and dizzy women a builder in. They be, oh my God. They be not but airblebs. Airblebs. <laughs> Hell. <laughs> that Fake is going, news. That is going to be my new editorial comment when I work freelance. Sorry, this is an airbleb. Yeah, that's totally fair. (laughs) They and all grims and signs and warnings be all invented by by parsons and illsome book bodies and railway touters to scare in schooner halflings and to get folks to do something that they don't other incline to. It makes me ireful to think of them. Why, it's them that, not content with the printing lies on paper and preaching them out of pulpits, does want to be quoting them on the tombstones look here all around you in what art you will 
all the mustines holding up their heads as well as they can out of their pride is a cat simply tumbling down with the weight of the lies written on them. Here lies the body or sacred to the memory wrote on all of them. And yet in nigh half of them, there been to no bodies at all. <gasps> oh, Ooh. okay. Well, and the memories <laughs> and the memories on them being carried a pinch snuff about, much less sacred, lies all of them, nothing but lies of one kind or another. My goal, it'll be a queer scouderment at the day of judgment <laughs> when they come tumbling up in their death sarks, all duped up together and trying to drag their tombstones with them to prove how good they was. Some of them trembling and dithering with their hands that dozened and slipping from lying in the sea that they can't ever keep their ha- their group of them. So is he saying their hands are so slimy from being dead in the ocean that they can't hang onto their tombstones? Prob- sure. That's Let's what it sounds like. Uh, yeah, probably like the half that are missing are just in, in the ocean, I guess. Yeah. It, yeah. All right, Mina but, continues. I mean, you could have just said uh, half the bodies are in the water. Ha! What book are you trying to read? <laughs> right? <laughs> I could see from the old fellow's self-satisfied air and the way in which he was looking around for approval of his cronies that he was showing off. So I put a word on to keep him going. Oh, Mr. Swales, you can't be serious. Surely these tombstones are not all wrong. <laughs> Yoblins. <laughs> Yoblins. Oh, what the fuck? Yoblins. <laughs> There may be a poorish few not wrong saving where they make out the people too good, for there be folk that do think a bomb ball <laughs> be like the sea, <laughs> if only it be their own. I the wish whole- the book had been written in English, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Oh my god. <laughs> the whole thing be only lies. Now, looky here. You come here a stranger and you see this kirkyard. Yeah, that is sure. how they would say it. Kirkyard. I nodded I, for uh, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. I, I nodded for I thought it better to assent though I did not quite understand his dialect. <laughs> right, Yaplin. <laughs> I knew it had something to do with the church. He went on, and you can say that all these things be been folk that happened here, snood and snog. I assented again. <laughs> then ja- that just be. Just where the lie comes in. Why, there be scores of these lay beds that be tomb as the dunes back a box on Friday night. <laughs> what? He nudged one of his companions and they all laughed. And my God, how could be otherwise? Look at this one, the aftest above the beer bank. Read it. What? <laughs> I translated that somehow into English and went over and read. <laughs> Edward Spence lay master <laughs> mariner, murdered by pirates off the coast of Andres, April 1854, age 30. When I came back, Mr. Snails, Mr. Swales went on. Mr. Snails is right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Snails. <laughs> We've got Stroker and Snails. That's, Yeah. <laughs> Who brought him home? I wonder to have him here, murdered off the coast of Andres, and you consated his body lay under. Why, I could name ye a dozen whose bones lie in Greenland seas above. He pointed northwards. (laughs) Or where the currents may have drifted them. They be the stains around ye. Ye can, with your young eyes, read the small print on the lies from here. The Braithwaite Lowry, I knew his father, lost it. Uh, lost in the lively of Greenland in 20, 1820. Or Andrew Woodhouse drowned the same seas, 1777. Or John Paxton drowned of Cape 
farewell a year later, or old John Rawlings, whose grandfather sailed with him, drowned in the Gulf of Finland in 50, 1850. Do you think that all these men will have make to make a rush to Whitby when the trumpet sounds? I have me unterms about it. I'm sure you do. I tell ye that when they got here, they'd be jumbling and jostling one another that way. It'd be uh, like a flight, a fight upon the ice in the old days when we'd be at one another from daylight to dark and trying to type our cuts by the light of the Aurora Borealis. This was evidently local pleasantry, for the old man cackled over it and his cronies joined in with gusto. But, I said, surely you are not quite correct, for you start on the assumption that all the poor people or their spirits will have to take their tombstones with them on the Day of Judgment? Do you think that will be really necessary? Well, what else be the tombstones for? Answer me that, miss. To please their relatives, I suppose. To please their relatives, you suppose. This he said with an intense scorn. How will it pleasure their relatives to know that lies is writ wrote over them and that everybody in the place knows that they be lies? He pointed to a stone at our feet, which had been laid down as a slab on which the seat was rested, close to the edge of the cliff. Read the lies on that stuff, that Thrustine, he said. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that Thrustine is a tombstone. Right? Oh, or yeah. rough stone. Or, yeah. yeah. The letters were upside down for me were from where I sat, but Lucy was more opposite to them, so she leaned over and read. Sacred to the memory <laughs> of George Cannon, who died in the hope of a glorious resurrection on July 29, 1873, falling from the rocks at Kettleness. This tomb was erected by his sorrowing mother to her dearly beloved son. He was the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Really, Mr. Swells, I don't see anything very funny in that. She spoke her comment very gravely and somewhat severely. You don't see what funny. Ha ha, but that's because you don't gown the sourin' mother was a hellcat that hated him because he was a cooked, a regular lamentary he was. Is that, co- is that code for something? <laughs> I have a feeling it might be. And he hated her so that he committed suicide in order that she mightn't get an insurance she put out on his life. Jesus, wow. who knew this was turning into true crime? Wow. He- he blew nigh the top of his head off with an old musket that they had for scaring the crows with. Tarn't for the crows then, for it brought the clegs and the drop dopes, dopes to him. <laughs> That's why he fell off the rocks. And as to hopes of a glorious resurrection, I've often heard him say myself that he hoped to go to hell, for his mother was so pious she'd be sure to go to heaven, and he didn't want to addle with her where she was. Now, isn't that steen at any rate? He hammered it with a stick as he spoke. A pack of lies. And it won't make Gabriel kickle when the Geordie comes patting up the grease with the tombstone balanced on his hump and asks it to be took as evidence. I <laughs> did not know what to say. And I think I speak for all of us. <laughs> Including but Lucy, me. Lucy turned the conversation as she said, rising up. Oh, why did you tell us of this? It is my favorite seat, and I cannot leave it. And now I must, now I find I must go on sitting over the grave of a suicide. 
that won't harm you, me pretty. And it may make poor Geordie gladsome to have so trim a lass sitting on his lap. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> Necrophilia, man. Oh my god. That won't hurt ye. Why I've sat off here often on my for night twenty years past and it and and it hasn't done me no harm. Don't you fash about them as lies under ye or that doesn't lie there either. It'll be time for ye to be uh getting scart when you see the tombstones all run away and the place as bare as a stubble field. There's the clock and I must gang. My service to you ladies. <laughs> Was that like, oh, look at the time. <laughs> I, that's, I guess that's the interpretation. I don't know half the words I've said so far. Right. And off he hobbled. Lucy and I sat a while, and it was all so beautiful before us that we took hands as we sat, and she told me all over again oh, about Arthur and their coming marriage. That just made me a little heart sick, for I hadn't heard from Jonathan for a whole month. The Ooh. same day, I came up here alone, for I am very sad. There was no letter for me. I hope there cannot be anything the matter with Jonathan. The clock has just struck nine. I see the lights scattered all over the town, sometimes in rows where the streets are and sometimes singly. They run right up the esk and die away in the curve of the valley. To my left, the view is cut off by a black line of roofs of the old house next to the abbey. The sheep and lambs are bleating in the fields away behind me, and there's a clatter of donkey's hooves up the paved road below. The band on the pier is playing a harsh waltz in good time, and further along the quay, there's a Salvation Army meeting in the back street. Neither of the bands hears the other, but I up here, here, and see both of them. I wonder where Jonathan is, and if he's thinking of me, I wish he were here. <laughs> <laughs> wow <clears throat> okay dr seward's diary 5 june the case of renfield grows more interesting the more i get to understand the man he has certain qualities very largely developed selfishness secrecy and purpose so it sounds wish. like me <laughs> that is not true untrue <laughs> <laughs> wait wait i resemble that <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could get at what is the object of the latter. He seems to have some settled scheme of his own, but what it is, I do not yet know. His redeeming quality is a love of animals, though. Barf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, please tell me we don't dive into that. Indeed, he has such curious turns in it that I sometimes imagine he is only abnormally cruel. His pets are of odd sorts. Just now, his hobby is catching flies. What? Seriously? He's in the nuthouse. What do you want him to do? Okay. <laughs> he has at Shall present such a quantity that I have had myself to expo ex expostulate. Oof, tongue twister. To my astonishment, he did not break out into a fury as I expected, but took the matter in simple seriousness. He thought for a moment and then said, May I have three days? I shall clear them away. Gollum has joined the chat, apparently. Right? <laughs> of course, I said that would do. I must watch him. 18 June. He has turned his mind now to spiders and has got several very big fellows in a box. Eesh. He keeps feeding them with his flies, and the number of the latter is becoming sensibly diminished, although he has used half his food in attracting more flies from outside his room. 
The circle of life. (laughs) Oh, my God. One July. His spiders are now becoming as great a nuisance as his flies, and today I told him that he must get rid of them. He looked very sad at this, so I said that he must clear out some of them, at all events. He cheerfully acquiesced in this, and I gave him the same time gave him the same time as before for reduction. He disgusted me such much. Oh my God, why am I getting so tongue twisted? Oh, he disgusted me much while with him, for when a horrid blowfly, bloated with some carrion food, buzzed into the room, he caught it, held it exultantly for a few moments between his finger and thumb, and before I knew what he was going to do, put it in his mouth and ate it. Crunchy. scolded him for it, but he argued quietly that it was very good and very wholesome, that it was life, strong life, and gave life to him. This gave me an idea, or the rudiment of one. I must watch how he gets rid of his spiders. He has evidently some deep problem in his mind, for he keeps the little notebook in which he is always jotting down something. Whole pages of it are filled with masses of figures, generally single numbers added up in batches, and then the totals added in batches again, as though he were focusing some account, as the auditors put it. Oh, do they put it like that, Jen? I I just had a <laughs> chat with auditors this morning, and the word focusing never came up. <laughs> you might want um, to read this bit to them and see what they think of it. Oh, I my know. God. <laughs> <laughs> 8 July. There is a method in his madness, and the rudimentary idea in my mind is growing. It will be a whole idea soon, and then, oh, unconscious surrep- Cerebration. Cerebration. Not celebration. No. Cerebration. You will have to give the wall to your conscious brother. What does that mean? Oh, unconscious uh, party. Give the wall? (laughs) Okay. I kept away from my friend for a few days so that I might notice if there were any change. Things remain as they were, except that he has parted with some of his pets and got a new one. He has managed to get a sparrow and has already partially tamed it. His means of taming is simple, for already the spiders have diminished. Those that do remain, however, are well fed, for he still brings in the flies by tempting them with his food. Don't you remember that song, There Was an Old Woman Who Swallowed a Fly? Yes. I yep. think she'll die. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. yeah. 19 <clears throat> July. We are progressing. My friend has now a whole colony of sparrows, and his flies and spiders are almost obliterated. When I came in, he ran to me and said he wanted to ask me a great favor, a very, very great favor. And as he spoke, he fawned on me like a dog. I asked him what it was, and he said, with a sort of rapture in his voice and bearing, A kitten, a nice, sleek, playful little kitten that I can play with and teach and feed and feed and feed. Oh, shit. Brother. (laughs) 
I was not unprepared for this request, for I had noticed how his pets went on increasing in size and vivacity, but I did not care that his pretty family of tame sparrows should be wiped out in the same manner as the flies and the spiders. That is so speciesist. Right? (laughs) So I said I would see about it and asked him if he would not rather have a cat than a kitten. His eagerness betrayed him as he answered. Hang on, hang on. Frida Onion, don't listen to this part. (laughs) (laughs) Cover your ears, babies. It's too scary for them. Okay, go on. Oh, yes. I would like a cat. I only asked for a kitten unless you should refuse me a cat. No one would refuse me a kitten, would they? Yes, Yes, they would. (laughs) I would. They should. (laughs) Oh. I shook my head and said that at present I feared it would not be possible, but that I would see about it. His face fell, and I could see a warning of danger in it, for there was a sudden, fierce, sidelong look which meant killing. I want that kitten! (laughs) The man is an undeveloped homicidal maniac. I shall test him with his present craving and see how it will work out. Then I shall know more. Okay, medical profession was doing great things. (laughs) Oh my god. Don't do the thing. Don't do the thing. I'm going to do do the the thing. thing. (laughs) 10 p.m. I have visited him again and found him sitting in a corner, brooding. There was an old woman who swallowed a fly. threw himself on his knees before me and implored me to let him have a cat, that his salvation depended on it. I was firm, however, and told him that he could not have it, whereupon he went without a word and sat down, gnawing his fingers in the corner where I had found him. I shall see him in the morning early. 20. July. Visited Renfield very early, before the attendant went his rounds. Found him up and humming a tune. He was spreading out his sugar, which he had saved in the window, and was manifestly beginning his fly-catching again, and beginning it cheerfully and with a good grace. I looked around for his birds, and not seeing them, asked where they were. He replied, without turning around, that they had all flown away. There were a few feathers about the room, and on his pillow, a drop of blood. Now, on CSI, we call that a clue. (laughs) I said nothing, but went and told the keeper to report to me if there were anything odd about him during the day. 11 a.m., The attendant has just been to me to say that Renfield has been very sick and has disgorged a whole lot of feathers. Disgorged means puke, right? Puke, yeah. Mm -hmm. My belief, doctor, (laughs) he said, is that he has eaten the birds and he just took them and ate them raw. (gasps) And I quit. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Felicia. 11 p.m. I gave Renfield a strong opiate tonight, enough to make even him sleep, and took away his pocketbook to look at it. The thought that has been buzzing about my brain lately is complete and the theory proved. My homicidal maniac is of a peculiar kind. I shall have to invent a new classification for him and call him a Zufaka. Zoophagus. 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 Zoo- okay, thank you. Zoophagus. <laughs> Life-eating maniac. 
What he desires is to absorb as many lives as he can, and he has laid himself out to achieve it in a cumulative way. He gave many flies to one spider and many spiders to one bird, and then wanted a cat to eat the many birds. What would have been his later steps? Mm. He's trying to be efficient. Do you know how much effort it takes to eat that many birds? Right. Also, zoophagus is, I'm going to object there because that means animal eating. Anima phagus, which would be life force eating. Ha! Gotcha, I guess he, okay, I, he's been told. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh-huh. It would almost Yablins. be worth it would almost be worthwhile to complete the experiment. It might be done if there were only a sufficient cause. Men sneered at vivisection and yet look at its results today. Uh, this this guy think he's does this guy think he's actually in the book Frankenstein? He's in the wrong book. Uh, (laughs) Um, Mary Shelley called. She wants her character back. Yeah. Um, But vivisection? uh, No, no, no. I'm not. Do I want to ask? No, don't Google it. I suspect, but I don't. I do not want the confirmation. So we're going to carry on. Why not advance science in its most difficult and vital aspect? No. The knowledge of the brain. Had I even the secret of one such mind? Did I hold the key to the fancy of even one lunatic? I might advance my own branch of science to a pitch compared with which Burden Sanderson's physiology of Ferrier's brain knowledge would be as nothing if only there were a sufficient cause. I There's must never not, a sufficient cause. I must not think too much of this or I may be tempted. A good cause might turn the scale with me for may not I be, may not I too be of an exceptional brain con- congenitally? Ugh, these big words. Yeah. Ah, Hashtag pompous. (laughs) How well the man reasoned. Lunatics always do within their own scope. I have found that to be actually true on the bus. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I got some people that popped to mind with that. Yeah. I wonder at how many lives he values a man or if at only one. He has closed the account most accurately. And did did he tick and tie? (laughs) begun a new record yep started a new spreadsheet how many of us begin a new record with each day of our lives to me it seems only yesterday that my whole life ended with my new hope and that truly i began a new record so it will be until the great recorder sums me up and closes my ledger account with a balance to profit or loss he is in the wrong profession right (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lucy, Lucy, I cannot be angry with you, nor can I be angry with my friend whose happiness is yours, but I must only wait on hopeless and work, work, work. If I only could have as strong a cause as my poor mad friend there, a good unselfish cause to make me work, that would be indeed happiness. Mina okay. Murray's... All right. Yeah. What? <laughs> I yeah, he's in the wrong profession. He's talking about profits and losses and balance sheets and accounts and 
yeah. and there's no chance of vivisection in accounting. I'm just <laughs> yeah. How did like, he end up here? <clears throat> well, he also likes to play knife play and morphine. So well, know. yeah. <laughs> So that can out. be worked into accounting, I'm just saying. I suppose. <laughs> All right. Mina Murray's journal, 26th July. I am anxious. <laughs> and it soothes me to express myself here. It's like whispering to oneself and listening at the same time. And there's also something about the shorthand symbols that make it different from writing. I'm unhappy about Lucy and about Jonathan. I have not heard from Jonathan for some time and was very concerned. But yesterday, dear Mr. Hawkins, who is always so kind, sent me a letter from him. I had written asking him if he'd heard, and he said the enclosed had just been received. It is only a line dated from Castle Dracula, and it says that he's just starting for home. That is not like Jonathan. I do not understand it, and it makes me uneasy. Then, to Lucy, although she is so well, has lately taken the old habit of walking in her sleep. Her mother has spoken to me about it, and we've decided that I am to lock the door of our room every night. Oh, Mrs. Mrs. Weston has a, got an idea that sleepwalkers always go out on roofs of houses and along edges of cliffs and then get suddenly wakened and fall over with a despairing cry that echoes all over the place. But let's Poor vacation dear. on a cliffside. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Good thinking. Poor dear. She's naturally anxious about Lucy. And she tells me that her husband, Lucy's father, had the same habit. He would get up in the night and dress himself and go out if he were not stopped. Lucy's right, quote unquote, sleepwalking. That's a desperate try to escape. Is that code for something? Lucy is to be married in the autumn. She's already planning out her dresses and how a house is to be arranged. I sympathize with her for I do the same. Only Jonathan and I will start in life in a very simple way, and she'll have to try to make both ends meet. Mr. Holmwood, he's the honorable Arthur Holmwood, only son of Lord Godalming. God damn it. (laughs) He's coming up here very shortly. As soon as he can leave town for his father's not well. And I think dear Lucy is counting the moments till he comes. She wants to take him up to the seat on the churchyard cliff and show him the beauty of Whitby. I Uh dare say it is the way. Oh, the beauty of Whitby. That is code for something. Look what I like to say every day. This guy blew his head off. (laughs) <laughs> and this is where the half the town committed suicide. I dare say it's the waiting which deserves us. She'll be all right when he arrives. Mm-hmm. 27 July. No news from Jonathan. I am getting quite uneasy about him. Although why I should, I do not know. But I do wish he would write it for only for a single line. Lucy walks more than ever, and each night I'm awakened by her moving around the room. Fortunately, the weather's so hot, she can't get cold. But still, the anxiety and the perpetually being wakened is beginning to tell on me, and I am getting (laughs) nervous and wakeful myself. Thank God Lucy's health keeps up. Mr. Holmwood, who has suddenly called to ring to see his father, who has been taken seriously ill. Lucy frets at the postponement of seeing him, but it does not touch her looks. Oh, thank God for that. (laughs) Well, wait. She's a trifle stouter. <laughs> stress eating? Possibly what? stress eating. Her oh. cheeks are a lovely rose pink. She's lost that anemic look she had. I pray it'll all I'll, I pray it will all last. And, oh, and please note that God. she's unhappy that she doesn't get to see him. She's not feeling bad for Arthur, who's like in danger of losing his dad. Right. Right. Yeah. There's uh, yeah. 3 August, another week on and no news from Jonathan, not even to Mr. Hawkins, from whom I have heard. Oh, I do hope he is not ill. He surely would have written. I look at all that last letter of his, but somehow it does not satisfy me. It does not read like him, and yet it is his writing. There's no mistake of that. 
Lucy's not walked much in her sleep the last week, but there's an odd concentration about her, which I do not understand. Even in her sleep, she seems to be watching me. She tries the door and finding it locked, goes about the room searching for the key. That sounds familiar. Is that (laughs) a parallel? Is that like an intentional? I think so. Literary thing. That that would be the two by four of obviousness. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Six August, another three days, no news. The suspense is getting dreadful. (laughs) If I only knew where to write or where to go, I should feel easier. But no one has heard a word of Jonathan since that last letter. I must only pray to God for patience. Lucy's more excitable than ever, but is otherwise well. Last night was very threatening and this fisherman's day, we are in for a storm. I must try to watch it and learn the weather signs. Today is a gray day, and the sun, as I write, is hidden in thick clouds, high over kettleness. Everything is gray, except the green grass, which seems like emerald amongst it. Oh gray, God. earthy rocks, gray clouds, tinged with the sunburst at the far edge, hanging over the gray sea, into which the sand points stretch like gray fingers. Sounds like wanna, Fifty Shades of Gray. So there's a lot of gray going on here. <laughs> the sea is tumbling over the shallows and sandy flats with a roar, muffled in the sea mist drifting inland. The horizon is lost in a gray mist. All is vastness. The clouds are piled like giant rocks and there's a brool over the sea that sounds like some presage of doom. Dark <laughs> figures are on the beach here and there, sometimes half shrouded in the mist and seem like and see men like trees walking. Oh, those are ants. The fishing oh. boats are racing for home and rise and dip in the groundswell as, as they sweep into the harbor, bending to the scuppers. Here comes old Mr. Swales. He's making straight for me. Shit. And I can see by the way he lifts his hat that he wants to talk. Oh, I've been quite touched by the change in the poor old man. When he sat down beside me, he said in a very gentle way, I want to say something to you, miss. I could see he was not at ease. So I took his old wrinkled hand in mind and asked him to speak fully. So he said, leaving his hands in mine. Right, take a, a breath. Like, hey. take, take the like, Ready? oxygen load in. Okay. I'm afraid, my dearie, that I must have shot you by all the wicked things I've been saying about the dead and such like for weeks past. But I didn't mean them. And I want you to... I want you to remember that when I'm gone, we old folks have uh, that be daffled and with one foot above the crook hole, (laughs) (laughs) the crook hole, don't altogether like to think of it and we don't want to feel scart of it. And that's why I've been looking to, uh, I took to making light of it so that I cheered my own heart up a bit. But Lord love you, miss. I ain't afraid of dying not a bit. Only I don't want to die if I can help it. My time must be nigh at hand now, for I be old, and a hundred years is too much for any man to expect. And I'm so nigh that it is old man is already witting his scythe. You see, I can't get out without the habit of coughing uh, about it all at once. These chaffs will wag as they be used to. I don't know what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> He says the Grim Reaper is getting ready to come get him. Okay, I'll oh, take it. Okay. And not a moment too soon. But uh, someday soon, the angel of death will sound his trumpet for me. But don't you duel and greet, my dearie. For I saw that he was crying. <laughs> if he should come for me this very night, I'd not refuse to answer his call. For life be, after all, only waiting for something else that 
than what we're doing and death be all that we might de rightly depend on and taxes but I'm content <laughs> for it's coming for me my dearie and coming quick it may be coming while we be looking and wondering maybe it's in the wind out o'er the sea that's bringing with it loss and wreck and sore distress and sad hearts look look he cried suddenly there's something in the wind and in the house host behind beyond that sounds and looks, I hate all these words, and tastes and smells like death. It's in the air. I feel it coming. Lord, make me answer, answer cheerful when my call comes. Damn. Damn. He held his arms devoutly and raised his hat. His mouth moved as though he were praying. After a few minutes' silence, he, he got up. <laughs> he got up, shook hands with me, and blessed me, and said goodbye, and hobbled off. It all touched me and upset me very much. I was glad when the Coast Guard came along with his spyglass under his arm. He stopped to talk with me, as he always does, but all the time kept looking at the strange ship. I couldn't make her out, he said. She's a Russian, by the look of her, but she's knocking about in the queerest way. She doesn't know her mind a bit. She seems to see the storm coming, but can't decide whether to run up north in the open or to put in here. Look there again, she steered mighty strangely, for she don't mind the hand on the wheel. Changes about with every puff of wind. We'll hear more of her before this time tomorrow. Oh, and so, that's where we'll stop today. Dang. Jesus Christ. <sighs> okay, so we had some really creepy ass shit going down in the insane asylum. And I just like to say Dr. Stewart is literally the worst doctor I have ever heard of. <laughs> I mean, what the hell, man? You know, I, yeah. And I, I just want to say that I... I only had uh, 20 minutes to prepare this accent. And oh, I right. made a bunch of yeah. YouTube videos. I did my best. I had, Sorry. I had my whole life to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank my mother and my father. <laughs> Whereas I grew up surrounded by that. What did we call it? Southern, Southern Baptist, Baptist girl. mean girl. Yeah, yeah, I grew up surrounded by Southern Baptist mean girl. Yep. Uh, All right, what's coming up next? Okay, yes. so teaser for tomorrow. We have breaking news, Dracula style. Customs have always been a pain in the ass, and one very sad Russian captain really just needs more vodka. Here, here. Right. I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> fabulous. Don't forget to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash drunk mythology gals. That's right. For the month of October, we have the Drunk Dracula Gals tier for just one dollar. One dollar. One dollar. You can, $1. $1. You can get all these Dracula episodes as soon as we're done recording them. Well, Give Kate a little bit of time, but in fact, come come to your house and read them. <laughs> yeah, they come out faster <laughs> over on Patreon. But wait, there's more. You also get access to all our other Lit Crit Hour episodes. You can hear Kate and I doing even more funny voices and accents. Like we have the yep. Russian wolf fairy tales. Oh, oh yes. Right. Uh, so, yeah, thanks again for joining us. Please subscribe. Please subscribe, leave a rating or review, and tell your friends and family about us, especially if they think they can do really funny accents after only hearing them for 20 minutes and they use things like words like yablins. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, always remember, if the undead can be if the undead can behave badly. <laughs> can the undead read is the question. <laughs> no, they cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but so can you <laughs>